Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. In Romans chapter 1, he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. I pointed out in previous sessions that when it says that this is your reasonable service, that word service really is the, is the word that is in reference to worship. So he said it's your reasonable worship and also pointed out that the word reasonable in the, the English there, the Greek word that that's taken from doesn't mean exactly what reasonable means today. When we think of something being reasonable, we think something that is befitting or something that, uh, that it, it ought to be because of the occasion somehow. That's something that's reasonable. Uh, this word actually means that you would have a thoughtful application of the word, that your worship in your presenting of your body to the Lord as a living sacrifice would, would not be something that you do without thinking, but it would be something that comes from uh, intent and, and purposeful, uh, thoughtful action. So that's what he's talking about. This isn't something that you can do without realizing it. You cannot present, according to the scripture, this is, this, you don't just present your body to the Lord a living sacrifice without thinking about what you're doing. Because it is a conscious, purposeful offering up of your body as a living sacrifice. And I'm going to tell you, that has to, that has to be happening every day. Because our bodies, we know that when we were born again, when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and made him Lord and Savior of our lives, we know that something happened on the inside. Our inner man, our spirit man, the man that, 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 uh, that came from God, the, the part of man that is aware of God, that man was recreated. We became a new creature, a new creation in Christ. But we also know that when that happened, that did not have a direct reaction on our bodies or on our minds. Our bodies are the same as they were before. If you were tall before you got saved, you're still tall. If you were short, you're still short. And I'll stop right there. The point is the body didn't change, neither did the appetites or inclinations of the body. They didn't change. I know that in my own life and I know you do as well. So here he's writing to people who are born again. They're genuinely saved. They're already saved, already filled with the spirit. And he said, I urge you by the mercies of God that you saved people, born again people, good Christian people, now present your bodies as a living sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable, which is your rational, thoughtful worship. We love to come together and lift our hands to worship the Lord. And and the Bible says that God is honored by that. He accepts our worship. But how we live is worship too. 
how we, what we do with our body. When we, when we say no to the temptations of the flesh and when we make our bodies submit to the word of God to do what's right even when we don't feel like it, that's offering up your body as a living sacrifice and it's acceptable to God. Oh, hallelujah, it's worship that he accepts, amen? Then he goes on to say in verse two, that after he deals with, with the body, he deals with our minds. Most Christians have no idea that the Bible actually tells them to do something with their minds. Amen. If you ask most Christians about the renewing of the mind, they'll just kind of look at you blank like, what are you talking about? Well, right here he said, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, a little later on, we're going to talk about the the not being conformed, but being transformed. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, but I still have some more things to say about this thought of renewing of the mind. The, uh, we looked at this. Let's go back to Isaiah 55. Go back with me to Isaiah 55, and let's look at the passage we looked at last week. verse number eight says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, this wasn't a, this wasn't a declaration of how it has to be. This was, God was simply telling the, the, uh, the people of that day, this is what's going on. He's saying in the current situation, as it stands right now, your thoughts are not my thoughts and your ways are not my ways. He's not saying that his thoughts cannot be our thoughts because they can be. Because we can start thinking God's thoughts. How do we know his thoughts? His thoughts are right here. So we can change our thinking to line up with him. But the point he's making here, he's saying, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and, and, your, and, my, way, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. We need, to, we need to, first of all, come to the realization that God knows best. Amen. God knows best. Now, how does that... How does that uh, how does the failure to do that affect people? Well, when people come to church, when, when let's say when sinners or people who haven't been saved or not been born again come to church and they hear the word presented and they hear the, the, the claims of Christ and they hear about the new birth and about believing on the Lord Jesus Christ an invitation is, is, is given and they don't come forward. They don't, or in their pew, they don't, personally, you know, right, right where they're standing, they don't just accept Christ. Why is that? They think their thoughts are better than God's. Isn't that right? They're saying, no, I don't think so. Really, they're not saying it to me or to you. They're saying that to God. They're saying, my thoughts are better than your thoughts. I have this figured out. And the way I've got it figured out is such and such. But you see, if you believe in God, 
Now, if you don't believe in God, you're in another category. But if you believe in God, you, you have to, you must acknowledge that he is wise. He's wise enough to have created you. He's the creator. So if he's God, certainly he knows better than anybody else because he's God. So his ways are higher and better. His thoughts are higher and better than our thoughts. So that's how, that's how that first manifests when people reject Christ. Well, they're rejecting God's thoughts and God's ways. I know whenever I first came back to the Lord, now, when I got, I had been saved as a youngster and I got away from God, backslid. And when I was 20 years old, I got back into fellowship with the Lord. And though I accepted the Lord and made him uh, re reestablished his lordship in my life and got back into fellowship with the Lord, I, I was submitted to him as in, in terms of him being my savior, I, I needed a savior. I needed the Lord in my life because I was making a big mess of my life. And I had no peace and I had no security and I had no comfort and things were just uh, deteriorating all around me in my life. And so I needed God in my life. And so I came back to the Lord and, and repented of my sins and rededicated my life to the Lord. But like, but like the, the Romans had experienced, that didn't just change all of my thinking. I still had areas, when I started going back to church, I still had areas where my mind was not renewed. Because when we, from the moment we are born, soon as we are born, we begin, our minds begin to be programmed. Our minds immediately, our brains are, are big supercomputers. And they just, they just absorb input from a lot of different directions. And our minds, like I said, from, from infancy, our minds are being programmed. We have influencers in our life. And that's why what we saw this morning is so important because the parent is the greatest influencer. In anybody's life, no one influences an individual like their parents do. Fortunately, most parents, I, I would say, and I, and I hope I'm not wrong in these days in which we live, but at least it used to be so, that most parents attempt to instill basic principles of right and wrong in their small children's lives. Most parents try to teach basic truth from error. But now, that, that's not always the case. We have someone in our family that uh, several generations ago fell away from God. And uh, this child was not raised to know right and wrong. Was not the, a good example was not set before them. And so they grew up wrong. And then when this person in our family had her children, by this time, she, she, this particular uh, relative of ours, 
she had become a drug user like I was when I was younger. The only difference was she was a street person. And she, when she had her children, she would leave these kids with whoever she wanted to, whoever she was hanging out with. She would be gone for months at a time. Sometimes she took the kids with her. Sometimes she didn't. But when she took the children with her, we know from her habits that she, she would just walk out to go. She would tell her mother, I'm going to the store to get you know, some, some cigarettes or something. And she said, you know, I'm just going to the store. She'd be gone for three months. No, no idea where she was. Sometimes she took the kids with her. Well, we don't know where those children were left. Now, she was living with drug addicts, people who didn't know God at all. We don't know what happened to those children when she was gone away. If she left them with those children, were they abused? They could have been abused uh, physically, sexually, mentally. We don't know. Well, those children grew up. Well, guess what they're doing? They're doing just what the previous generation's done. Well, in a situation like that, how do you think those little kids' minds are being programmed? What are they being programmed with? I would dare say they're not being programmed the way yours was when you were a a youngster. So we have people on all different levels who come into this world with all kinds of information. You 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 have the influence of parents. You have the influence of school. School is a, is a powerful influence and their aim is to be more powerful. They want to be the ones to shape what your child believes. And, and many people in the educational system today, if they could, they would restrict your input as parents completely because they know better. So you have the influence of school, you have the influence of friends peers that you grow up with, powerful influences in our lives. Amen. Then you have the media, television. We used to, well, I didn't, but my folks used to call it the one-eyed monster that came into our living rooms. And it brings in so much culture. It shapes people's opinions. Now, that's just the truth, church. Movies, the whole entertainment industry. It's no secret that the entertainment industry is not, uh, they're not godly. They don't promote in movies and films and TV shows. They don't promote biblical values. They promote just the opposite of that. And And the influence is tremendous. You have social media. The influence is enormous. So what does that mean? That means that every single one of us from birth until this day, the 21st of February, uh, 2021, every single one of us have had our minds influenced powerfully by this world. All of us. And it's still, it's still happening. It's, it's, it'll happen to you today, every one of us. Unless you just go from here and go home and don't do anything else. 
I'm telling you that our minds are constantly being programmed. And a lot of the programming is wrong. It flies in the face of the instructions of the creator of our minds. And that's why he said, uh, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I pointed out that the word renewing means a renewal, obviously, a renovation, a complete change for the better of the believer's mental process. One uh, well-known theologian and, and, and uh, scholar said, dis, d, translated it this way, the, re, the restoration of the divine image. Because you see, God created our minds to glorify him. He created our minds with the ability to think his thoughts. He, he created us with the ability to take authority over our bodies and over our minds and, and bring them into submission to the word of God. But that's something that has to be, that has to be uh, uh, purposefully uh, uh, achieved. Now, only the word of God, only the word of God is a sure and reliable source of information. He said here that as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. Then he went on to say, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread for, 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 for the eater. You can stop right there and think about creation and how all-knowing, God is, that he created all of this. Everything that we experience in life, in the natural world, he created all of it. And it, it wasn't by accident. This, our world did not just fall into place, you know, on its own. God created all of this. And, and just as sure as the rain falls from heaven and the snow and the rain come down and water the earth, in his wisdom, in his, in his uh, 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 foresight, in his preparation for all these things. And the seed begins to sprout and grow and, and, and give bread to, to eat and so forth. He says, just as sure as the natural world works the way it works, so shall my word be, he said, that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void. It will accomplish what I please and it will prosper in the thing for which I sent it. The reason we need to get the word down on the inside of us is because of what it'll produce. God's word will produce exactly what it says it'll produce. For instance, this morning when I said that I found out that God wasn't my problem. I found out that God, now I had been raised to believe generally that God was good, but in practical matters, sometimes God did bad things or they, they certainly appeared to be bad. For instance, when my, uh, when my father was, was killed when I was 11 years old, I was told it was the will of God. I was told, I was told that God 
took my father and he had a, a, a mysterious reason that only he knew and that God was behind it. Well, that Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, they blame the killing on, my, on, on you know, the, the accidental death of my father on God. I had several relatives who died early from disease. And we were told, well, God decided to take them because he needed another, you know, little flower in heaven or angel or what, whatever the story was. You've heard these things. I had a cousin that was killed in an, in a, in an automobile accident. As a young man, he was older than me. He, he, I was a, a young teenager and, you know, he was uh, maybe a preteen, but he was uh, older. He was married, had a couple of kids, killed in an automobile accident. Well, God, you know, we just can't question the things that God do. God does. So, so that informed me. It informed my mind that God is not, God, yeah, he's good, but he does some things that aren't very good. From his perspective, they're good, but from our perspective, they're terrible, but God does those things. Well, I had that programmed into me. When I got back into fellowship with the Lord, I had to program that out of me. And I thank God that someone gave me some material that began to show me that from the Bible, what the Bible actually says about it, that God is good. He doesn't take people from other people. He's not killing people in midlife or early or in in later life. God's not the author of death and destruction. Well, I, I had to renew my mind and I wanted to because that was good news. I didn't get back into fellowship with the Lord because I thought I could get all of my prayers answered. I didn't get back into fellowship with the Lord because I felt like I could always have victory again in my life and and I would and that God promised me length of days. I didn't I didn't do any of that. I just got back into fellowship with the Lord because I was a mess. I just wanted God in my life, whatever it cost me. One of the first things I found out about was the principles of faith. Somebody gave me a Kenneth Hagin book or two or three on faith and, and, and on the authority of the believer. And those, those truths opened my eyes. And it was such a, an amazing thing to me that the Bible actually teaches that if, if God says something and promises us something, we can, we can believe it and he will do it in our life. He will answer our prayers and give us the desires of my heart. That was a message I was looking for all of my life and didn't know it. All of my young life, I needed to know that and I didn't know it. But when I found out, I went for it with everything I had. But my mind still gave me problems. Because those religious ideas... I talk about the influence of parents, the influence of school, the influence of, of, of peers, the influence of media. The influence of religious tradition is probably the worst. <laughs> and those years of religious tradition would try to come back and challenge what the Bible said. And over and over and over again, I had to do it repeatedly. I had to do it over and over again. I had to decide, okay, 
This is what I've always heard. This is what religious tradition has taught me. But this is what the Bible says. I had to make a choice to make my mind think like the Bible. And, and it's, it's, at least at first, it's not an easy thing to do. It requires some effort. You're not going to just fall into the renewed mind. You're not just going to accidentally get your mind renewed. It's going to take some effort. Amen. But oh, my, my, my. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. No one else, no one else, no one else on this planet who's ever lived has ever said that. Jesus is the only teacher. He's the only religious leader. He's the only person who's ever said heaven and earth will pass away before my words pass away. My words will never pass away. It's pretty audacious. It's pretty bold. See, this is, the word of God has to become your foundation. What your friends say will pass away. And unless what your parents said was the word of God, everything else besides the word of God that you heard from your parents are gonna pass away. No one, no one is quoting your great, great, great grandpappy. Nobody. All of his words have passed away except if he, if he spoke the word of God. I'm telling you, God's word is a foundation. And it's the only foundation. And if we'll put it into our lives, oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Like I said, even now, our minds are constantly bombarded with the world's thoughts, with religious traditions, with values and principles of this world, of this world and we must continually renew our mind. My mind is not permanently renewed. I've renewed my mind to a large degree with the word of God, but it's not permanent. Not unless I keep it up. If I don't keep feeding on this word, I'm telling you, the, the, the thoughts and the, and the ideas from this world constantly challenge me. And circumstances... And the appearance of things challenge me. Sometimes my body challenges me. Sometimes my body says, I'm sick. Well, what, am I going to believe that? Or am I going to believe what God said? God said that by his stripes, I was healed. Well, I'm either healed or sick. I'm either healed or sick. I'm not healed and sick. I used to have indigestion. I had acid reflux. I was on acid reflux medication for 20 years. Prescription. And eventually over the counter, but 20 years. And if I didn't take that acid reflux medication... And I ate anything at night, almost anything would, would give me 
heartburn and forget pizza any time of the day. I mean, I'd have a, a slice or two of pizza and man, I'd pay for it. Just, a, just about three years ago, I finally got tired of that. You said, well, why didn't you do that before? Because I'm, I was dumb. <laughs> I was just dumb before. You didn't know that. I was standing up here the whole time. I was dumb. <laughs> and I decided I'm not putting up with this anymore. And so God delivered me from acid reflux. So I don't take anything. And I don't have any acid reflux. I'm completely, I don't take any over-the-counter medication, nothing. But every now and then, what was it? Night before last. Huh? I can't hear you. Yeah, where is Prasanna? Is he in here? There he is, Prasanna in Siri. Prasanna in Siri invited Pastor Greg and Miss Amy and his family and Angela and I over to his house to have Indian food. We like Indian food. Now, Angela, was this was a new experience to her. She found out she liked it too. But Greg and I, we already knew we liked Indian food. But this was going to be authentic Indian food. This wasn't, going to be, this wasn't going to be an Americanized version that you find in an Indian restaurant someplace around here. So they provided Indian food for us. Oh, my goodness. That was good. But I got home. Now, honestly, I ate too much. Now, that was part, I'll, I'll acknowledge that was part of the problem. I ate too much because my heavens, they just kept loading it up. You got to try this. You got to try that. And we're going. So I ate too much. And I got home and about, what was it, about 11 o'clock? I had to take a, 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 a roll a rollate or a Tums, one, one of them, you know, just one, to kind of get rid of that acid taste. And I thought, no, you don't, devil. You're not doing that to me. I'm not coming back under this curse. I am not coming back under this. I was healed. See, circumstances and your body will challenge you. It'll challenge you. And I went back to the scripture. I said, no, by his stripes, I was healed of acid reflux. And it'll help if I don't eat so much. <laughs> I acknowledge that was part of my problem. And so if I don't overeat like that, then it's easier to stand on the word. <laughs> I could probably say that again. If you, if you don't overeat, it'll be easier for you to stand on the word. Well, praise the Lord. Preacher's gone from preaching. Now he's gone to meddling. <laughs> now, what I'm saying is you, you will constantly have to renew your mind to think like God thinks. And you can do it. Amen, 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 amen. Glory to God. We'll, we'll look at this scripture. We got a late start and I won't keep you here much longer. Go with me to James, the first chapter. We looked at it last week, but we need to look at it again. James chapter one, verse 21. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. My, 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 why would this be in the Bible written to Christians? Because sometimes Christians live filthy and wicked lives. Sorry, it happens. He said, stop it. He said, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness 
Here's how you do it. Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls without going out spending a lot of time. You'd have to listen to last week without going to a lot of, uh, of, of explanation here. The saving of the soul is the same thing as the renewing of your mind. Matter of fact, that word soul, save, which is able to save your souls, that word that's translated souls in the Greek is spelled P-S-U-C-H-E, suke. It's the very word we get the, the word psyche and derivatives thereof, psychology and so forth, comes directly from this Greek word. And we know that has to do with the mind. He said this, this implanted word is able to renew your minds, to save your minds. How do you do that? Well, you have to receive it with meekness. Don't sit there in church with your mind all made up. Well, I'm going to listen to this preacher and as long as I, would, I agree with him, fine. But the first time he says something I don't agree with him, well, wait a minute, it's not about me. What, what does the Bible say? If it's Bible, then be meek enough. That just simply means humble. Humble yourself before the word of God. Be humble enough to to stop thinking you're smarter than God and that you have it figured out better than he does. No, you don't. We don't. We don't have it figured out better than God. He has it figured out. Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. That's beside the point. Once, if you will be humble, if you'll humble yourself and receive it, it said that it will implant itself in you and it will save your souls and your minds will become renewed and it will be, you'll begin to see how it works and why it works the way it does. There are, like I said, when I first came back to the Lord, I didn't know any of these things and I had, to, I had to make up my mind that I'm going to agree with the Bible and I didn't always understand how all the dots connected because it sure didn't look like what the Bible was saying was really true. But I just, I, I had enough sense that, and, and help from good teachers that said, if God said it, then believe it. Just believe it and, and he'll show you how it works. So, so have enough humility to say, well, you know what? I'm not really the smartest person in the universe. And I'm not really smarter than God. That doesn't mean you're stupid. Might be, but like I was. But I'm saying, that's not putting you down. You're saying, I'm gonna, I'm, I think God knows more than I do. Be meek, be humble. Receive the word of God in humility but, and receive it. Don't just, don't just acknowledge it, receive it. Rece- he said receive with humility this, this engrafted, implanted word and it is able to save and deliver. A time will come, you'll begin to understand how the dots connect. But see, faith, faith says I believe it when I don't understand it. Faith says I believe it when I can't see it. Faith says I don't understand it and I don't know how this is gonna work out, but if God said it, I am just gonna believe it. 
Well, pastor, how can you be that simple-minded? Well, I can just say this. Victory (laughs) is worth it. You can call me simple-minded if you want to, but victory's working in my life. Well, I'm not just going to believe I'm healed when I'm, my body tells me I'm not healed. Well, if yeah, I used to think like that, and I stayed sick. I've been sick. I've been healed. Heals better. Amen. I've been defeated. I've had victory. Victory's better. I've been broke. I've been prosperous. Prosperity's better. I had a goofed-up family. I have a wonderful family. Wonderful family's better. I'm not talking about my kids. I'm talking about my management of the family. Put it that way. My management of my family was all messed up, and and I straightened that out, and and God's way's better. So the proof of the pudding's in the eating. But you're never going to prove any pudding until you eat it. You're never going to prove God's word out until you act on it. Well, glory. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's long enough. Glory to God. I said, that's long enough. And Stephen said, yes, bless God. That's... <laughs> Caught you in the wrong praise there, didn't I? <laughs> glory to God. God's good, isn't he? Amen, amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.